0: I wanted to really dive more into how you came to be on this path, Uh, anything really about your journey and really anything about your philosophy, man, or just, you know, anything else you want to tell us about yourself and then we can get the ball rolling.
1: Yeah, that sounds great. So let me, I'm going to make little notes to aid my memory. Uh, You said path. And you said philosophy. Yeah, and just your whole journey
0: of how you came to be uh yeah. speaking with me right now.
1: Yeah, that's that sounds like a good plan. You know, I think as I expressed a little bit with those guys in brief, I was always very drawn to wisdom. I we don't use that word very much these days, but I think it's a very beautiful, cool word.
0: <laughs> and
1: so I, I was drawn to wisdom traditions since I was a kid. Uh, you know, I think it started by like, I'm from Russia. So it started by reading like Russian classics and then getting into different spiritual traditions. Buddhism really spoke to me. I got followed that path, which eventually led me to becoming a therapist choosing to pursue graduate studies and that and then I had a had a breakdown of sorts when I was about 33 I'm 38 now and it was a bit of a dark night of the soul experience I had to leave my work as a therapist and just be with my family honestly I lasted for about a year and a half I emerged out of it very spontaneously and unexpected to myself. I, I thought it would just kind of stay that way forever because it was in a very dark place. And there was a day that I remember very clearly when, you know, without kind of, that's maybe a story for another time, but without doing anything in particular, I, I traveled somewhere. And on that day, I experienced the kind of spontaneous healing, which was very strange to me because I had never heard of that kind of thing in my studies as a therapist, Mm -hmm. in my studies to be a therapist, in my studies as a therapist. And while I had been kind of agnostic, like really interested in wisdom and studying spiritual traditions as a part of that, while I had been agnostic while intuiting that there's feels like there's something bigger going on that experience really made me question like the agnosticism i thought well this is really different (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um and then I, i returned to being a therapist i moved to philly where i live now and i started seeing the research you know i started thinking like how can how can I help other people emerge from those very, very deep and difficult states? And I started seeing the research coming out of Johns Hopkins. And that just led on this whole path, this whole path opening up, Mm -hmm. which in time led me to the idea that we need something beyond just the medical model. The medical model is very good when it comes to... Helping people, science is very wonderful. And because of a really extreme lack of community in our society, and I think it's kind of happening, beginning to happen worldwide. But are you, are you in the States?
0: Uh, yep, I'm in Massachusetts.
1: Okay, right on. Uh, specifically in the United States, our society is so lacking in community, connection to nature, and I think for many people also connection to what we could call mystical experience, which the folks at Johns Hopkins and I think at other centers of learning have shown is connected to being able to exit from these very devastating states. Kind of the more profound, the mystical experience, I think there are scales that they've devised Subjective, you know, self-reported scales, but scales nonetheless The more connected to mystical experience we are when working with these plant medicines The more powerfully we can Transform and come out of These traps that we sometimes find ourselves in Mm -hmm. So thinking about And I also heard, I think stated by an indigenous elder, the idea that we lack our, our our difficulties that we lack community access, you know connection to nature and connection to spirit, connection to mystical experience, it all kind of came together in this thing I'm very excited about, and sort of at a snail's pace I'm trying to put together, which is I would like to combine the Buddhist tradition which has been scientifically studied which is the Buddhist Sangha community of monks and lay people is the oldest organization on earth it's a very stable beautiful system for human moving from suffering to freedom and joy that's what it's all about yeah right (laughs) so I, I think you got my, my boy Siddhartha behind you over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so combining, combining that tradition with these incredible plant medicines, incredible indigenous lineages that are unbroken and have been working with these plant medicines for millennia. I, I guess nobody knows how long. Mm-hmm. It's sort of lost in the midst of time. Combining that in a very safe, ethical way, in a kind of, you know, to use sort of terms we're familiar with, neighborhood church. In the Buddhist tradition, we would call it a sangha, uh, or a kind of circle coming together. And my thought is that if we do that in a really wise way, and we have to really put our heads together, or coming up with that wise way, we can create something really beautiful, be closer together, less alone, have strong support networks, be less likely to go to those very dark places. We will still need the help of therapists, you know, and folks in that community sometimes. It's not, it's not an either or, uh, but a yes and kind of tool. Uh, I'm thinking of and yeah I just I think we'll be happier and I think also what also as I've been thinking about it more and more has been coming into clarity more and more I think that we may be able to if the experiment works as I think it might and if then somebody from the you know, village church. I live in West Philly. It's kind of like a village here, <laughs> the the or the neighborhood church, the neighborhood sangha temple mosque. It doesn't matter what word you use for it. Mm-hmm. Neighborhood church is just one where we're very familiar with. <clears throat> Somebody might want to start another one, maybe in Massachusetts. Yeah, and we could, if we do it very carefully and with very careful respect, for both of these lineages both the buddhist lineage and uh, a indigenous tradition i would want to plant it deeply into the earth with the roots going all the way down into the of time
2: Mm.
1: really traditions that have a proven record I think that we also will are likely to find that our love of nature, real love, you know, the way that there may be love between friends or love between family, love between people who have a romantic connection. Our love of nature, our love of the earth, our love of the animals and birds and all Parts of nature will grow because this seems to happen. There's also studies on this. And probably most people that have worked with plant medicines have experienced it themselves. There is a stronger sense of connection to nature. And I think we really need that in the kind of crisis, the climate crisis we face right now. Mm -hmm. Because... I don't think we can solve it by just using this very wonderful and powerful tool. Mm-hmm. I think we also have to use the one right here at the, you know, symbolized by the heart.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that the plant medicines, give very beautiful access to that. And the Buddhist tradition can be like a cup for safely holding the plant medicine and the members of the community.
0: That's awesome, man. Wow. That is an amazing mission statement. That is great. Using Buddhism as like a kind of like a framework around these mystical experiences. So it's like we use these plant medicines to to dive into the mystical experience. And then Buddhism is almost a way to like digest it or kind of like stay with that experience. And um, uh, I don't know, like, uh, how do you how are you going to go about blending? those two like what is the uh like give me like a formula in a way that you would kind of use
1: for certain yeah well i think that the way that uh you know i'm i'm envisioning it And again, it'll be probably a process. There will be some organic growth experimentation uh, heads being brought together to make it as wonderful as possible. But the way I'm envisioning it is, it's just like having a sangha in one's neighborhood, a, a Buddhist community. Usually the way it works with sanghas is you come, it's a very beautiful place. You take off your shoes and everybody sits down on meditation cushions and meditates together. Uh, Folks who are new to meditation go to a separate room and are given instructions in meditation. Mm -hmm. And then everybody comes back together and there's something called a Dharma talk given, which, you know, is a kind of teachings for working with the mind for this process of transforming suffering into freedom and joy. And then there's a question and answer period. And, you know, we could invite different teachers. Now we have this like telecommunication technology. So we can invite theoretically the best Buddhist teachers from around the world Mm -hmm. to give teachings. I, I personally am not a lineage holder of that sort but see my role as more like maybe getting the ball rolling.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: maybe one day I, I will be one I don't know. <clears throat> and you know the really cool thing with the Buddhist tradition is that it's also really non-sectarian. It has no tension with any of the other spiritual traditions. Mm-hmm. So you could theoretically in the kind of basket of a Buddhist Sangha, a Buddhist circle, or community, you could have rabbis coming in and giving talks. You could have like Sufi teachers coming in and giving talks. You could have, you know, uh, priests of all traditions uh, offering teachings because I always go back to this statement made by the Buddha and it's it's in the Dhammapada, a kind of Sometimes I think he was a very inspired guy and would like to just drop verse sometimes. At least that's, that's how it's recorded. (laughs) And that Dhammapada is a, is a book that collects some of his sort of spontaneous poetry Mm -hmm. and the line. There's different translations, but the way, the way I kind of think of it and recall it is just as the ocean has one taste, the taste of salt, so does the Dharma have one taste, the taste of freedom. Mm. And so the truth has this particular quality, Mm, which which is one. And so it can be heard from any tradition, actually. But it is good to have a core and a kind of, central path at the same time. Although I could see in time people coming up with you know Muslim or Jewish or Christian or Hindu or humanistic communities of the sort as well. Uh, you, you know but I'm particularly specifically you know I really love the Buddhist tradition it speaks to me very beautifully so this is how I'm trying to do it. And Yeah, there's a kind of question and answer period and then everybody sort of chills and drinks tea and eats cookies and like (laughs) hangs out and you could have all kinds of fun things in a community like that, right? You could have ecstatic dancing, you could have people teaching from all sorts of traditions, yoga and Qigong, people bringing their skills. We have access for the first time as human beings to the spiritual traditions of the entire world yeah, you know, the component that would be different than a ordinary sangha is that after a certain a person probably completes a certain curriculum and receives some kind of I imagine democratic it would be you know all with principles of democracy and consensus uh, some kind of democratic like green light from the community, you're sort of ready for level two. <laughs> uh, then they could participate in a sort of, in a probably a trip to nature, right? If, if the Sangha is in a city, it's really good to to work with these plant medicines out in nature. And uh, there a very beautiful ceremony, a container of, taking precepts, you know, in the Buddhist tradition, there are kind of like precepts to not not, not harm, to, to act in a good way, that are very similar to the precepts of other traditions also. We would sort of go on an adventure and uh, go through ceremony, uh, take the plant medicine we could say fly or, or climb up that mountain where one receives vision, teaching, healing. And, and there would be members of one's community that one by that point knows very well that are making sure that everything is, is safe. Sometimes when working with plant medicines, these kinds of assistants are called angels, uh, but it's just, just your, you know, friends that are making sure that you're you're well, and they know how to assist that. And the leader of such a ceremony would be a person who is deeply, deeply trained in an in a in a in a, in an indigenous tradition that yeah has its roots like a shaman. Yeah, yeah. You know, some people have difficulty with that particular word, but I think it's a fine word. Uh, yeah, it would be it would be a person that has been empowered to offer such ceremonies to make sure that it's very safe mm-hmm. because these are powerful uh, tools. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Definitely. Right. Uh, and then, you know, when kind of the adventure out in nature is complete and maybe there are sharing circles and, and, and then we come back from the mountain to our village, to the town, to the neighborhood, And we would form sort of little uh, groups, you know, and get together for dinners, uh, to hang out, and talk about like what we saw, what we learned, and how we're trying to integrate it, you know, from week to week, just to be better neighbors, children, parents, uh, folks pursuing passions, you know, and members of the community. So there would be a continuation. I think that what happens right now a lot is there will be a kind of retreat, uh, whether it's somewhere in South America or in, in the United States. And it's really powerful and awesome, but then we all kind of go our separate ways and it's hard to integrate the teachings into our daily lives yeah
0: like into our society
1: exactly Mm -hmm. exactly exactly and i think that also what would be a little bit different is those kinds of ceremonies right now are very cost prohibitive for a lot of people there's a sort of class thing that's built in because they're expensive here because it would follow the kind of church or sangha model everything would be by donation. Mm-hmm. So it would, you know, in the Buddhist traditions, dana, kind of the, the practice of generosity, folks who are more well-off, I suspect, uh, will, will choose to uh, contribute more uh, so that folks who don't have the resources at the moment can also receive everything that is so abundantly given by our you know spiritual ancestors these teachers that mm-hmm. sort of passed down the teaching to our time and by nature itself mm. <clears throat> so I, I it should not cost ultimately the vision is that you will not have to pay a single penny for any of it mm. and it will require it will require I think that if the vision is, pure enough and um, yeah just that if the vision is really really pure and if it, it's really is something that people need and if people genuinely benefit from it then people from around the world you know now we have the capacity for people from around the world to contribute to projects
2: mm.
1: yeah you know That's great. Like,
2: mm-hmm,
1: people from around the world I believe will help and we can, if truly the sort of hypothesis bears out in the experiment, then we can come together in these ways around the world hmm. and help do one be- another around the world in the process.
0: Mm-hmm. I do believe that is the future of our lives and in, in psychedelic integration into our society or plant medicine integration it's there is going to be some kind of there's going to be communities around it there's going to be services around it Mm -hmm. um and it's just going to be a lot more incorporated into our daily life because it's like an aspect that we've been missing this whole time since before uh i don't know when they were discovered but thousands of years i guess we could say it's just been it's an aspect literally quite literally part of our being that we're just kind of ignoring at this point uh but we're slowly coming back into that and i can definitely see a world where it is just something just like a church like you said it's just like a a community center or Mm -hmm. just somewhere we go to connect and um yeah people like you are paving the way man so it's great it's because ultimately that just creates a better world for everybody makes people happier less stressed and just uh more connected and that's what we're all lacking. We're just lacking a connection to this world. When we, when we connect with nature and nature connects with us, that is the, the connection that we've been lacking over these thousands of years. It's, it's ironic too, because these things are literally nature and in, in these in, in the show us to be more connected with nature, whether without plant medicine. You know, it's, sometimes it's good to just go out for a walk in the woods and to just feel the energy of the trees. Yes. And, and I mean, that sound like a hippie when I say that, but it's true. Like the, the, there is, there's so much value, I guess you could say, in just being out in with, in our natural environment rather than being in these concrete jungles that we've built. So yeah, yeah that's huge. It, it's like the nature, the incorporation of nature is going to be a thing in the future. Just people just getting outside more plant medicines, 100% going to be incorporated. Which kind of ties into nature and yes, also um, studying dharma because or whatever your dharma decides, whatever you want to learn. But yeah, more maybe more specifically Buddhist Dharma or you know, Hindu Dharma, it's going to be more incorporated because it only makes sense. Like that's like like you said, the truth is uh what did you what was the saying that you said about the truth or they said in the Dhammapada?
1: Yeah, it's it's uh, just as the ocean has one taste, the taste of salt. So does the Dharma have one taste—the taste of
0: freedom? Mm. And we all love that taste of freedom. That's what we all want. We all want the sense of yeah, liberation in this life. So it's right. ultimately going to be incorporated into our life. It's the it's the trifecta, man. It's, it's, it's all going to be there. It's just going to take some time. This is just the beginning. It really is. I can see it. Just as it just as you have a vision. I, yeah, it, it feels like a, a an awakening, like an opening up of humanity to like embrace a aspect of ourselves that we seem to have lost. It's a regaining, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's really interesting, you know, like, I, I've been kind of thinking about this for some time and I've been speaking to different people to make sure I'm on the right path. Like I would prefer to not do anything than do something that can be harmful. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, people respond with ease. It's actually a very simple idea. And I think sometimes simple ideas are all we need. Yeah. To kind of figure things out.
0: Yeah, don't overcomplicate it. We just got to get outside more.
1: (laughs) That's right. That's right. And it's really interesting, right, that we even have the need to kind of defend ourselves. I, I do this too sometimes. You know, like when you said, "Yeah, you know, like going outside I, I I know I kind of sound like a hippie, and it's like, what have we arrived at as a society if we have to defend ourselves just from saying, like, Hey, it's pretty cool to go outside and, and, and <laughs> yeah, right. trees like yeah. there's something funny about that, mm-hmm. and I think also. There's a danger of certain, I don't know, uh, with technology developing, you know, and certain people uh, people in the, I'm kind of on the border. Like I, I grew up as a kid, you know, I had my first cell phone, I think when I was 19 and it was like a little Nokia brick. Hmm. And so I'm kind of like on that cusp between the analog world and the digital world. Mm-hmm. But I see that the digital world I think we're all, we all know this. We're all seeing it. It it, it hypnotizes us and takes us away from just like the present right here and the trees and wakefulness, you know? So I think we need special tools also to counter that, to make sure we don't get too disoriented, to make sure we don't get too lost in the
0: process. Very true. Because it is, that's not, if you continually connect it to technology, it's like an artificial reality when outside, I mean, some may say we live in a simulation, but we'll say in this relative reality, the outside world is that's the real life. That is our true connectivity. This is like artificial connectivity that we're building. It's like we're more connected than we've ever been before in the history of humanity. Like the fact that I can just have this conversation with you and other people can tune in yeah it's cool but at the same time we're also more disconnected from our ourselves like that that being that lies inside of all of us like that aspect of spirit I guess you could say or just uh just kind of like that sense of peace and stillness that resides in all of us and we lose track of that if we're continually just looking at a screen or just going through our feed so it's an ironic thing it's just like the yin and yang of the current time we live in like we're just so connected more than ever i can talk to just about anybody if you have a phone i can talk to you and connect Mm -hmm. and we can have this hour-long conversation and just just uh, it's a beautiful time to be alive but if you if you get too lost in that you're going to lose an aspect of yourself it's very true man and that's why i do think these things are going to be incorporated because everyone is going to see the benefit of plant medicine and know the benefit because you just i mean all you got to do is just take it in the right environment and you'll know you'll know uh the uh benefits that it can provide to our society that's right it's it's really the cat's out of the bag now you know there's no going back with these things It's uh, yeah we're at a point of no return so these things have to be incorporated or else like there is no or else like they are (laughs) they are going to be in our society just because of how it's how it's um how it's developing yeah yeah how would you what would you say uh the mystical experience provides for you or the others as well like what is so important about being able to go outside of your default mode network Mm. and just see life from a different perspective why is that important would you say
1: that's a really awesome question. <clears throat> well, maybe I can just speak to how I've found, in a very kind of simple way, how I have found it to be beneficial in my life. I've only, you know, been doing kind of ceremonial work with plant medicines for not that long, you know, maybe about two years and change. I had mm-hmm. kind of like messed around with that stuff in college and, and, and after like, like many people do.
0: Yes, of course.
1: <laughs> but that's more of just like, you also gain, gain, can, can, can you know, have, have mystical experience. It's just not as deep as, as doing it in ceremony it seems. And that's yeah. okay, that's okay actually. But <clears throat> I mean, in my life, I've seen, first of all, first of all, it's a great support for the Dharma itself, mm. because you are able to see, you know, the word spirit and the word breath are the same In many, many, many languages across the earth that are completely not connected, that are not that connected historically, we have inspiration being the word for inhaling and also the word for receiving some kind of gift, maybe as an artist or as a a creator of, of some kind or within one's life. And in Latin, these words are connected. And, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm from Russia. We have the word dhanya, which means breath and dhuch means spirit. Dusha, soul is also connected to dhanya, breathing. Mm. And when one enters into this ceremonial space, especially if one has some training in breathing and in what, let's just say, in the Dharma, one can perceive that fact very directly that actually breathing and mindfulness itself connects us to what I've heard, for example, in the Lakota tradition can be translated as the Great Mystery, you know, or sometimes called the Great Spirit, sometimes God or the Tao, mm-hmm. some kind of, or Allah, some kind of ground of being that unites everything in a way that is very difficult to describe in words. Yeah. Sometimes, right, they say that the Tao that can be named is not the true Tao. It has to be perceived directly. Mm -hmm. And when we perceive it in ceremony, we have a much easier time than perceiving it outside of ceremony. Yeah. We sort of know what to look for much more.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And... Being connected to this, let us say breath. I think the Buddha was really brilliant because he avoided all the words in a in a way to the ability that to the extent that it's possible. And yeah. he just said, you know, look at sit down under a tree. He would often, you know. tell tell his monks to sit down under a tree specifically, and he attained enlightenment under a tree and was born under a tree. I don't think those are coincidences in the way that story has kind of been mythologized. Mm -hmm. And pay attention to your breath. So I think that in perceiving that directly, we gain great confidence in the usefulness of these teachings. It inspires us to practice in our everyday life. Cause we all, we all need help. Life is really hard, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh wow. When I'm connected to this, my heart is open, you know? Mm-hmm. And, things go better. I've been thinking of it in terms of music a lot. It's like we're training to hit the right note. Because when we hit the right note in our actions and in our presence, we're in harmony with the symphony of creation. And by that, that's pretty good, right? Yeah. A little bit inspired by this lady from the Middle Ages, Hildegard, who was a sort of visionary and a very great composer. And it was eventually canonized and just an overall badass. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're kind of training to... Because we can kind of, as we pay attention in ceremony, we can very directly and in a very difficult way actually feel when our pitch is off Mm. and we can also see how to, what conditions are present for us to be on pitch. It's almost like there is a choir master constantly teaching us within Mm -hmm. the ceremony, you know?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And so by observing that, we're able to bring it more and more. And by integrating it with a genuine spiritual practice, which I've used that word in a way where even a person who is an atheist can can have a, a genuine spiritual practice and can become on pitch. It's just, I think, easier when one is within a tradition. We end up harmonizing more with you know nature it's, itself and so we feel healthier and happier and our relationships improve mm-hmm. and it's good it's good yes <laughs> you know at the end of the day that's that's all we need uh, that's to, to describe it yeah it's hope uh-huh it feels hopeful and very encouraging that we're on a good path yeah exactly. and then because we have hope and encouragement we keep trying and there's a sort of feedback loop of positivity that, that can emerge and not yeah. in a spiritual bypass way where we're like pretending everything is hunky-dory but in a very real like whoa existence is super raw Yeah. (laughs) And I can kind of, it's my teacher.
0: Exactly. Yeah. You learn that everything is just a learning experience. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I think, I think so, because we are put through such difficult learning experiences in ceremony. Sometimes Mm -hmm. those, those states are so hard. I I I've certainly experienced ones that were the hardest things I've ever experienced in my life. Yeah. Among the hardest, you know, certainly this time when when I became unwell, you know, something we might call a dark night of the soul or, or, or depression. That was that was also really hard. <laughs> uh but but really while being well, yeah, that was the hardest. Yeah. Does that answer your question it's a little rambly but yeah I definitely I what I got very-
0: from that was that the mystical experience provides us a um, an alternative point of view that allows us to analyze our being from a point of uh, purpose and alignment and that and you can you can align with this I guess it's like a frequency you can turn the radio dial onto that frequency and you can notice
1: that 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 frequent that that station exists
0: yes that's the first step and then the second step is staying attuned to that which is the hardest step is to be continually because it's easy there's so many frequencies coming in from the outside world and it's easy to like just tune into different frequencies but there's really there's one frequency that we can tune to that we know is the right one and that's the frequency, maybe some would say, of love, of God. We can feel it,
1: exactly. The frequency of, of love well. is a great way to put it. But when
0: you know, there's a, there's this unspeakable knowing that is within all of us, I believe, to know when we're on that frequency, to yes. be able to reside on that frequency, and to be able to act upon that frequency. That's right. It's just it's just the, the fact of finding it and then tuning yourself to it. I, I do see our bodies as almost like a tuning instrument like an input output machine like we have to tune into certain kind of stimuli that comes in and and then um know how to process it inside of our our you know our brains and then from there we we also resonate that same energy we have to resonate that frequency we first take in the frequency but then we also have to be the ones to spread the frequency and it would be it becomes like a virus of love in a way you know that's kind of what it's all about it's like spreading the good vibes but first you have to know you have to know the vibes (laughs) exactly 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 i like
1: i like that yeah (laughs) that's great and you you know also i think that like i'm trying to study these days sort of the way indigenous folks from the various nations in our country related to these visions and it can also help one find direction in life. Yeah. It seems that these, these processes were used to help one find direction in life. It seems that it can also help people very much with addictions. Mm -hmm. It seems that it can help people overcome trauma, right? I mean, this is just sort of, We have scientific studies at this point pointing to this in the in in that extremely consistent way that science uses. It can there is really it can help us overcome the fear of death.
0: Yeah, that's a big one.
1: You know what I mean? I think that a lot of our problems come from that fear. Yes. Because it's like, holy shit, if I'm gonna sorry, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that. Oh yeah,
0: you can say whatever you want
1: all right right on uh yeah it creates i think so much fear that we don't even think about Mm -hmm. that we end up doing the wrong stuff yeah basically and getting really really out of that frequency causing harm to ourselves and to, to the people around us
0: yeah yeah i believe that too a lot of our problems stem from well i mean ultimately they all stem from fear but one of the biggest things we fear is our own demise. right? But doing these experiences and learning the Dharma, you realize, at least I realize, there is no one to be demised. There is I am greater than just this simple meat suit, when currently the, mm-hmm. the paradigm that we're running on right now mm-hmm. is that we are all these meat suits. We are all just I am. This is all that I am. It's just this body, and then that's it after I die. Um, yeah it's kind of these these plant medicines and and uh you know meditation and whatever it is yoga Mm uh show you in a way that's an unspeakable the only way that it can show you is like with from within um that you are way way greater than just your body so that's kind of where i get the negating the fear of death from from these all these experiences because it shows me well i'm more than just this so when just this dies i go on to metamorphosize i guess into the process that i was born into and uh who knows what happens nobody knows what happens but i don't think there is an end of consciousness per se and uh yeah that's it's a beautiful thing to be able to have that in my head at all times because i mean if you don't fear dying then what do you fear (laughs) like what's what's worse than that you know it's like a it's kind of like a body it's like a body armor of uh, existentialism you know it's it's a it's a beautiful thing to be able to i mean i lose track of it obviously i'm not a perfect uh enlightened being that constantly resides in a, a state of calmness but it's i think it's just the fact of knowing and i i i like to say like once you open the door even if you close it you know it's on the other side of the door so mm-hmm. that's kind of how well, i reside good. like it, there might be days where i have bad days and just the drama of life catches up with me. But I know deep down, no matter what happens, no matter how bad it gets, how crazy it gets, there's always that that glimmer of hope that lies on the other side of the door. And that comes from my previous experiences with plant medicines and yoga and meditation and all of this. And that's why I think it's so important for all of this to be incorporated into our society because ultimately we create a better world and a happier world for everybody. That's right. it's, it's so important, man and you know what's interesting too to me is that you don't so i haven't taken um psychedelic in a long time and it's still stuck with me like it's been probably a year two years i don't even know but -hmm. there's still something there in me from that experience that will never leave me and i think that is hugely important because people um uh, group them in like it's all just drugs like it's a whole umbrella term of just Mm -hmm. drugs Right. And they think that magic mushrooms are on the same scale of crack cocaine when right. it's totally not like that whatsoever. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that magic mushrooms can't be abused, but what I'm saying is that they mm-hmm. have totally different uses when you use them correctly. I don't know if crack cocaine actually has any any <laughs> beneficial uses, but what I'm trying to say is that right. magic mushrooms do. And when you use, or whatever the plant medicines are, when you use them correctly, they're just tools in our arsenal that... that we have to we have to there's no choice we have to incorporate these things so that we can all heal that's ultimately what it's about we all totally we're all just uh i guess you could say sick mentally physically we're just we're just at a time of just like great sickness and these are quite literal healing medicines that we're neglecting from millions of people that could use them all around the world and it's people will look back and they'll look back at this time period yeah. as as the time period that whoa okay we decided to change our ways. It took a little bit, but this is the time period we are kind of switching our society to become. I don't know where it's going, but I do know that these things are going to be incorporated into our society, and from there we flourish. I I believe I fully think that this is the one of the greatest things that is going to happen to all of us collectively as a species is that we're going to be able to touch upon that mystical element that lies inside of all of us. And it's going to be a regular thing. Like, it's just going to be like you said, just going to church on Sunday, or just like whenever you kind of feel like you need to be able to touch upon that. And, mm-hmm. um, we're, we don't have that right now. We we are just currently on a, a paradigm that is not connected, not, uh, not really shown any real purpose. Like we're told our purpose, We were given a purpose, but it's not the purpose that is aligned with the way or the path. And we are all collectively in the future going to be able to walk that path individually because we all have to do it in our our own way. But as long as we're gonna find the path and then we're all gonna be able to walk it together and create a better society. That's what I see. Maybe I'm a little too idealistic, but I do fully believe from all the research I've done and being able to have conversations with people like you that we are creating a a world that is beyond our imagine at this point but it's just the it's just a start end of my rant
1: (laughs) no that's (laughs) great that's great and i really appreciate your the sense of hope that you're bringing it's it's really cool and really important because you know I, i i find a lot of people have really lost hope yeah and you know, there's a process of kind of, if I can use the word desacralization, things losing us losing our connection with these mysteries mm-hmm. that seems to have begun, you know around around the when the when around when the printing press was developed and the Age of Enlightenment began in Europe. And I think very understandably so because there was tremendous abuse by the church. There were a lot of things that the church became a power structure when, you know, Roman emperors were converted to it and then decreed around the year 381, 382. Everyone seems to mentioned in a different year, that that was the only valid system of wisdom in all of the lands of the Roman Empire, destroying the philosophical schools of the Greeks, destroying different mystery schools, destroying all of the quote-unquote pagan wisdom. And I don't think Jesus is down with that. (laughs) and uh I i think we took the wrong turn yeah and i think that then there was an understandable well i recently heard yeah the last man who was burned at the stake was a man by the vatican was a man whose last name was bruno he was an astronomer it happened in the 1600s giordano bruno giordano bruno yeah nice man G- How do you say his first name?
0: I think it's Giordano. I could be wrong though, but I know well, it's something well, Italian yeah, like that. <laughs> he
1: has a really cool name. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think I, I heard this from Matthew Fox. The he's you know this guy Matthew, Matthew Fox. No, really great. Uh, right now, Episcopal priest, super like tuned in man. I mean, he's 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 an elder. He's 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 older than you and I, uh, mm-hmm. but. It'd be really cool if you could get him on your podcast. I'm, I'm really impressed with his teachings. And he... So the scientists said, okay, you know, you guys handle religion, we'll handle science. And the two paths completely went into two different directions. And a dichotomy emerged as science developed more and more amazing tools and, you know, people like Marx, Freud, you know, all these thinkers started coming in. The world lost its connection to mystery. Mm. And then we see things like the 20th century, you know, I'm yeah, again, I'm, I'm from Russia. When I was born, I was a Soviet Union. Such terrible things occurred with that loss of the mystery including, of course, the Second World War. And the trauma is still very much with us. I Mm -hmm. I think that our generations are the first ones to really have the space to begin deeply healing it. Yeah. And I think that until that trauma is healed, we're not going to have true peace as nations. And I think that it's going to be very, very difficult to address the climate change danger, the danger that we won't get to this beautiful time that you're describing because we will make the conditions of living very terrible. Yeah. And a lot of war will come then if the resources for living become very scarce. So to me, I think the reason I'm very drawn to building something as, as a, like this, as a therapist, is because you know, therapy is my sort of daily grind bread and butter and I love it, but I'm like, Holy shit. Why am I doing this? If we're just gonna, you know, descend into chaos as the climate gets really messed up. Yeah. A part of the healing has to be something to address. It's like everything has to be addressed at once.
2: Mm.
1: The trauma has to be healed. We have to make peace. And I, I really think, you know, two nations that I dear to my heart are Russia and the United States. Mm. Those two countries have to because the people have no beef with one another. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, we need to stop having our governments decide our relationships and relate to one another like you and I are connecting right now. Mm -hmm. Because we need that level of unity to address the enormous challenge of this climate thing. And I think an aspect of that is a resacralization of everything, yeah. you know, a, a return to <clears throat> feeling that we're connected to nature in these very profound ways, that we're connected to each other in these very profound ways, that fundamentally the separation between us is a kind of illusion. And that that illusion is so profound that even death, as we understand it or fear it, does not exist. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we can do that, we can have a really awesome time. (laughs) 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 Just like a lot of celebration, dancing, singing, partying and and joy and delight and and abundance. And it'll be amazing.
0: That's what it's all about. People forget that you're supposed to enjoy this life.
1: Right, 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 right. We're really—it's weird, right?
0: <laughs> it's okay to enjoy life. It seems like we forgot that. It's like it's all great. about just work and just, you know, just getting lost in the sauce. But like, we're supposed to actually enjoy right. what it means to be a human being and take it all in—the goods and in the bads. We're supposed to—that's right—create this beautiful life all together um right. we seem to lose sight of that when we lose sight of the mystery because
1: right.
0: when you gain sight of the mystery you realize that you are the mystery we are part of this mystery right <laughs> so like that that itself that idea creates joy at least for me because that's totally. cool like that means like oh Super that means cool. like that means um i'm in this fantastic story that is just unfolding you know that, it, that like yeah. i'm just like i feel like a like a movie character in a way i guess you could say uh um I don't know. It just it, it grants me like a sense of purpose in this story of yeah, humanity,
1: an integral part of the rest of creation, yeah, and good, you know, a good part. I think that in yeah. the desacralization, we've also come to kind of hate ourselves, yeah, like <laughs> even folks who are very concerned about uh, let's say, climate change, uh, there's often this very deep antipathy towards humanity. But it's like, no, we're also part of nature yeah you know and and therefore good We just have to like get back on key in the song you know
0: yeah in the song of life mm-hmm. do you think it's possible without plant medicine yes i do Do you think we do you, it you in want, time you want to though?
1: Say, say more about that <laughs> yeah that's that's i i just don't i think that there's a very lovely teacher that I think it could also be cool for you to have on. Uh, her name is Spring Washam. Mm-hmm. She's doing some of this Buddhist and indigenous stuff in, in Peru. Okay. And I've had some great conversations with her. I'm hoping to go and study with her directly. And she's in the in the Buddhist lineage. Uh, Jack Cornfield, who's kind of a mm-hmm. big uh, Buddhist teacher, is, is yep. her teacher. That's awesome. Yeah, she's a really cool person. And why did I bring up spring? Um, well, she was saying she was saying that, you know, as she was reflecting on whether it's okay to bring these traditions together, and i I'm very much of the same mind. Yeah, she was like, no, this is the eleventh hour. We have to get very serious about getting on pitch and we need help. We, we need to, we need to, we're very proud. This is one of our downfalls as, as, as human beings, we're very, very, very prideful and we're very quick to see ourselves. uh, The ego is really strong Mm -hmm. to see ourselves as above, Above the rest of nature, above everything. And so we need very wonderful and powerful tools to help us humble ourselves. I'm saying this to myself also. it's mm-hmm. true for it's true for all of us. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is no time to. Most of us are really struggling also, like, you know, people have kids. People are just put, trying to put bread on the table in many parts of the world. That's extremely hard. Yeah. And in, in, our, in, in the United States, it's also getting harder by the day for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, and there are people who I think um, are poisoned by, by, by greed, as the Buddha would say, the three poisons, greed, hatred, and ignorance and are, are confused and and that creates great tensions in society so long story short yeah there are really amazing other paths that can where one can walk the dharma is one of them you know i would argue that any authentic path is the dharma and i also suspect that the buddha used entheogens because they were at the center of um, the vedic tradition you know the the yeah. the rigveda Rig sings of soma constantly in, in praise of this um, deity who is also a kind of entheogenic brew yeah and he he was a smart guy he hung out over a bunch of hippies to use that word <laughs> and, and and i'm sure he 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 caught on I think there are ways to do it without these plant medicines. I think for most people, that's really hard because it involves,
0: you know. Time, discipline.
1: That's right, that's alarm. right, mm. that's right. And the conditions around us have, are such that time is very limited. Yeah. Our discipline is being expended in, into trying to put bread on the table. People are just suffering so much. Mm-hmm. So we need to use skillful means and use the gifts of nature, the gifts of our yeah spiritual ancestors and blood ancestors, all of our ancestors, to and the ancestors of whatever land that we are on specifically, right so in the United States. That would be. <clears throat> indigenous nations we need to use those gifts to all come together and figure this stuff out stat Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. because it ain't a game like there are real things happening and and we gotta we gotta make some moves
0: yeah we We gotta work you know (laughs) we gotta we we have to Because there's a lot of people suffering
1: yeah very, very, I mean very, we're very all
0: suffering but it's just like how we deal with it and these things kind of show us what suffering means you know what it means for us and it's not a, it's not like it's against us it's for us but that's not something that I can just tell somebody and they're like oh of course yes it's just a direct thing that you have to come to and realize that internally.
1: Right, and the tools—the tools, you know—I I think ideally we bring the tools together. Right, we're now talking to people across the world. I mean, very shortly before my family uh, family immigrated to the US, it was illegal to leave the Soviet Union; it couldn't be done. Everyone was kind of trapped by the government within well, this big land. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now we can all travel speak in this way we can all learn from one another and that's so cool and, and we have so many good tools and traditions that we can share and it's so fun to do that mm-hmm. you know I heard I heard one really amazing gentleman also he's in South Africa combining the Dharma with some of the indigenous practices. African practices, you know, and there's uh, Ibogaine and theogen they they use there. And he was talking about this concept. Maybe, maybe, maybe you've heard of it. I, of the exchange of medicine. It's Mm -hmm. like we come together. Yeah. I mean, just very simple concept, but so poetic. You know, we come together. We sit around a fire. Preferably, literally, if that's not possible, metaphorically. And we exchange medicine, right? You tell me what's been working for you. I tell you what's been working for me. You tell me, like, what your folks have passed down. I tell you what my folks have passed down. And we grow stronger, and it's fun. And there's friendship in the exchange of medicine. Mm. And the Buddha always encouraged us uh, towards spiritual friendship he said it's the number one factor of awakening nothing is more important he said so i have heard uh, as the sutras say than spiritual friendship being with people that are on the path and makes sense
0: yeah it makes sense to me you know you know, it's like if you, yeah, it's just like knowing what's best for you and you knowing what's best for me, kind of. And we sh- I share what i learn learned and you share what you've learned yeah. on the path and we just go back and forth. Yeah, that's kind of what we're doing now in a way. Totally, totally. <laughs>
1: right. You're giving me like ways that you've thought about things and I've kind of conceptualized them. I'm sharing some as well. And, you know, maybe the listeners or viewers of the podcast gain a little something from that as well and together step by step we exchange enough medicine where we're all well
0: yeah that's great i like that
1: it's nice right
0: Mm. i don't even know where to take it man (laughs) i think it's good though i mean we uh we just need to exchange medicine a little more you know heal each other heal ourselves first and then from there, we heal each other. It's all related. Yeah. Because we're sick. I know it sounds horrible, but we're our, our society is sick. So it doesn't mean we can't heal. It doesn't mean we can't come yeah. to be a healthy version and the best version of ourselves. But we know, we all know in the back of our minds that something's not right. <laughs> and it's that yeah. We've been conditioned. Our sickness is our conditioning, whether it's from... Whether it's from multiple lifetimes ago, whether it's from our literal upbringing, whether it's imprinted in our DNA, there is some kind of conditioning that isn't quite aligned. We all know that. So we have to get collectively all aligned with the way. And uh, yeah, like you said, we'll just enjoy life a little bit more. (laughs) That's what it's all about, right?
1: Yeah, man. Can I ask you a question about this picture of the wolf and the birch trees that you have? <laughs> yeah, go for it. What uh, what's what's the story with that
0: one? Uh, I mean, it's not really that much of a story. It's pretty cool. I would show you it. the The wolf moves as you move. Oh,
2: oh it's a hologram. Uh, I
0: just liked it. Yeah, it's a holographic picture where you kind of like you go over there and it looks like it's staring at you. Um, mm-hmm. I just liked it. My my dad actually got it for me as a present, and ever since then I just I was like, you yeah, know, I'll, I'll just put it in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Not really any too deep of a story, I just never really saw a picture like that where it was just uh it's
1: beautiful, yeah,
0: thanks, I appreciate it it's a, it is there's something just i don't know something about wolves man
1: <laughs> yeah i, I feel like I feel the very strong connection to to the animal also and uh the birch tree also you know it's I've been reflecting on it's it's kind of uh. It's a sacred tree to a lot of people in Siberia, the indigenous uh, people in Siberia. Really? Some people that Some people say the shamanic tradition comes from them oh. and that uh, people crossed the Bering Strait when it was, when there was no, um, maybe when it was united. Yeah. Essentially, that, that land between Russia and Alaska. Mm hmm. And, and populated North and South America through that. That's, that's one theory. So yeah, it's a sacred tree and, and it's kind of has a very special significance in, in Russia as well. And, and wolves also kind of, it's just interesting. It's a tree that grows all across the North and the wolf also lives all across the Northern lands, <laughs> including our lands in the United States,
2: yeah.
1: and including uh, including Russia and, and, and Europe. And I just, I like birch trees and wolves. That's why yeah, I had Here no clue. About. I
0: just liked it because it, yeah. it's a hologram or holographic, I, I guess you could say. But uh, yeah, I appreciate that, man. For the first person to ever bring that up.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I've just been reflecting on, you know, many, it seems that many people in the indigenous. Which all of our ancestors were indigenous uh, at some point. Uh, Traditions learn from animals and seem to develop special relationships, you know, that that seem to believe that uh, certain animals have special relationships with certain people yeah Uh, maybe maybe you got something like that going on with the
0: the wolf you know it's my spirit animal i am a
1: wolf (laughs) that's that's kind of that's kind of how i feel to to take it one step to get like real real crazy with it Mm because why not we're like here and having a little fun (laughs) this is this is you know where i usually right now it's the pandemic so i i work out of this uh, space in my home as a therapy office Mm -hmm. And to keep me a little bit, you know, cheerful as I do it and grounded, people are having a really hard time these days. So I need little tools myself to stay um, centered. Yep. I have this uh, wolf here. It's a toy wolf. <laughs> and I've put to him a, you might, and your viewers might think this is mad, but I'm just <laughs> going to be vulnerable and show it. Yeah, it's a, it's a Soviet uh, infantry cap. Uh, from World War Two, mm-hmm. uh, and the people that fought in this that war, uh, whether they were Americans or people from the different uh, lands of the Soviet Union, uh, yeah, they had to be very tough. And um, so, so <clears throat> it helps me stay tough as I, as I do the the wolf and the cow, yeah, as, as I as I do my work as a therapist. Yeah,
0: that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all need those little things, even if it's just like a, a little a wolf uh, plush toy. We just need like a reminder sometimes.
1: Little symbols of uh, inspiration. They can be serious or playful. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, that's great, man. Mm. Is anyone? I mean, I think it's incredibly, incredibly coincidental that your last name is Soma. You ever yeah. thought about that one?
1: <laughs> I have. I have. You know, I mean, among, I have like this little, different little symbols near me and in my office space when I work. One of them, I've got a picture of my grandfather, uh, that my, my name comes from him. He was uh, an Indian man. Can you see that? Oh, wow. Image. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, he was, he was from the south of India, Tamil Nadu. And he came to the Soviet Union, I think, in 1957 Mm. and in about two weeks proposed to my grandma. And uh, (laughs) that was uh, kind of how I um, why I have that name. Mm, Makes sense. So you're half Indian, half Russian. I'm a quarter Indian, a quarter Jewish and half Russian. Wow. Yeah. Interesting makeup. It was fortunate because our home as I was growing up had a lot of Hindu deities, but also like my Jewish grandma would like take me to church. Mm -hmm. And there was always this thought that in the Hindu tradition, and it's quite common that you know there are many masks of the divine, but one No god but god kind of thing you know yeah and it was very easy to take in as i was growing up because of um, the mixed family heritage Mm -hmm. so i think it's been kind of helpful in trying to you know trying to bring different traditions together in a useful way Mm -hmm. now with this with this project
0: yeah definitely Mm because they're all pointing in the same direction Just different symbols.
1: I think so. And and we get really tripped up by the symbols. Yep. Like we really we're we're very bad at remembering that it's a symbol. Yeah. And it gets us into a lot of trouble. (laughs) That's for sure. You know? Mm -hmm. So it's like it's an interesting. Yeah. It's, we got, we got to get good at using the symbols. You know, you've got this awesome, I don't, I don't I, I, awesome scientific symbol on your, on your shirt, for instance.
0: That's still Nice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I figured, I figured <laughs> it was something along those lines. And uh, you know, in a way that symbol is pointing to the, the great mystery just, just as well as, you know some kind of traditional spiritual symbol yep they're useful very useful things we just we just want to make sure we don't get tripped up by them yeah exactly
0: exactly man it's just we all come to that in our own accord though even this podcast is a symbol this all of our words that we're using yeah are ultimately just symbols to the listener but I mean, if you if we all know that, and you know that, and I know that, and the listener knows that, we can we can kind of play the game with each other, and hopefully reach some kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Consensus about what these symbols mean to internally for in, like what it means for ourselves, and don't get too tripped up on my words or your words, thinking that you know you're right or I'm right. It's just like a we're just like in a play right now of symbols and if used correctly if spoken correctly and and also analyzed correctly it can help further somebody else's own direct experience on how they process themselves in this reality and that it's the same exact thing as the cross it's the same exact thing as the as the um the star of david or whatever symbol you want to use this chemical psilocybin symbol yeah it's all the same thing we all come to this conclusion on our own accord on our own on our own practice uh, but it's not it's not hard to attain I don't think I think it's a simple thing for all of us to really come to that um, alignment within ourselves I, I really do it's a simple it might not be easy like it might be a little difficult but it's simple and that's what gives me hope for all of us being able to change the world we live in
1: yeah, Ben, me too. I, I think that we can figure that out as, as sort of, as much as we get tripped up, as much as we get angry with one another, you know, or, 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 or come to blows, <clears throat> I think we've got what it takes to figure this point out. Mm. Like it's, not, it's not about the symbol. The symbol, right? The Buddha's kind of famous. My teaching is a finger that's pointing to the moon. Yep. So don't don't confuse the finger and the moon. Mm-hmm. You know. Or he talks about how it's a raft to cross to the other shore from suffering to, let's say, freedom. Yeah. And then and then you can you can leave the raft. You don't you don't continue carrying it around on your back. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, one very challenging thing, and something I'm still working with these days, is I want to make sure to not disrespect any tradition. I want to make sure to not be frivolous. It's kind of. I have a lot of respect for the Buddhist tradition, and I mean like vast amounts of respect for it. I consider it a great treasure. I have a lot of respect for the indigenous traditions that have carried ways of working with plant medicines through the millennia. And I want to make sure that I'm not doing something wrong in bringing these two traditions together Mm. and sometimes i get tripped up by the symbols Mm -hmm. you know and by clinging too tightly like no it must be like this you know (laughs) but as i'm thinking about it more and more and having conversations like this like you and i are having working with you know plant medicine getting encouragement very what i perceive as very very clear encouragement to continue going in this direction during those ceremonies i don't think that it is wrong for us to create tools for our time that will help us to survive and to be well and to have an awesome time. Exactly. <laughs> also, I, I it's very I'm 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 you know trying to be very respectful, but and I, not to compare myself to anyone because you know I'm just some dude. <laughs> Uh, but this has happened throughout human history, you know, that new ways were really needed. Yeah. And some people would propose new ways, you know, and there would be often tremendous backlash. And yet, they were useful it helped us be here and and have this conversation today Mm -hmm. you know so i am honestly i i I don't want to you know i think that we can do it together if people like you know the idea that that i'm proposing i'm actually going to kind of nice and taking a week off and in a way our conversation is the start of that to complete a blog that I'm working on Mm -hmm. that will, you know, kind of outline some of these ideas in that form. And I think that there will be some people that the idea will speak to. And I really need their help (laughs) (laughs) because this is honestly very scary for me. Mm -hmm. You, You know, I... And I'm going to do my best to <clears throat> go for it. Uh, if there are, I want to do everything within our, and, and, and am doing everything within our laws. You know, the, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, protect our right to uh, religious freedom and <clears throat> Supreme Court decisions Have allowed, you know, uh, Santo Daime and Udv, well, I believe one of them was the Supreme Court and one was a federal court decision, and also the Native American church, you know, to use ayahuasca and peyote in 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 their traditions. So, you know, what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to do with respect for the law of our land specifically the first you know and and uh through through the first amendment uh if there has to be some kind of court um discussion about that i'm willing to have that discussion Mm -hmm. you know and um fortunately there are funds that are created for those kinds of societal discussions Uh, So I'm going to be trying to work with those funds and good legal defense teams. But I think that we as the American people and as the people of the earth have the natural right to connect with this mystery and that no power on earth has the authority to take that right from us And that this natural right, you know, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that this natural right is protected in the founding document of this nation. And that's awesome. That's a lot of foresight, Mm -hmm. you know, and let's do it.
0: Let's do it, man. (laughs) (laughs) I believe. I believe because it's the right thing to do. It's the good fight, you know. There's it's a, it's like it's the good guys and the bad guys. We're on the good side. That it's there's there is the good fight. There's no fight, in my opinion, worth worth it more than people's sanity, and people and just giving sense, giving people a sense of purpose and hope in this life. It really means so much for all of us to contribute to that, the new paradigm that we seem to be building, because uh, if we don't we might destroy ourselves <laughs> right. unfortunately so i mean we, we have to that would
1: be super uncool yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: that would not be cool that is yeah. not i don't think that's our destiny but it is a potential it is you know it is there because there you know extinction extinction events have happened plenty of times on this earth so i don't think we're any less susceptible to anything like that happening So we have to avoid that. I know it sounds scary, but it's, you know, we just, we got ourselves into this mess. We have to get ourselves out and it all starts from within. It it really does.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I think we can wrap it up on that point, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Does that feel, that feels good. That feels feels good to me.
0: It feels complete to me. Cool. Cool. (laughs) Do you have any closing statements? Anything else you, you want to plug
1: before we, uh, we finish recording? No uh, I don't I don't I think that you know maybe what I'll do is as I work on this blog, I'll send the details your way if you want to share that with you know your your audience Definitely. right on yeah and huh, okay cool let me let me make a little closing statement just for fun of that of that tradition okay. And I want to kind of build it off of what you said about like, yeah, it's, it's scary. I think that there is no shame in us being afraid of the current situation that we find ourselves in when it comes to climate, when it comes to maybe certain governments or organizations that are abusing the natural rights of the people. that's just the three poisons of greed, hatred, and ignorance in them. Those poisons exist in us also. And I think that as we transform those poisons in ourselves, we can put good people into positions of leadership, which we need. And I think that we can, whether it is through this path or the many, many other paths you know, that we've received through the generations that are available in our own hearts also, I think that we can transform those poisons. I think that... We can have respect for one another across cultural groups within a nation and across nations and peace. And I think we can build a really, really awesome world for, you know, for, as as they say, uh, for the seven generations to come. Like, that's our duty as people who are alive right now. And I think it's a great duty and honor. So let's all get to work and hopefully have a whole lot of fun as we, as we do it as well. And if we suffer while we're doing it, we can just help each other out and keep on keeping on.
0: that's it, man. That's Mm -hmm. the way. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, Alexi. That was a beautiful ending statement. Um, Definitely would like to talk to you again. You're a cool guy.
1: Thanks, man.
0: I, I would I would enjoy that as well. Awesome, man. So uh, let's stay in touch and hope all is well in the meantime. Thanks for anybody who listened to this whole thing, and uh, yeah, peace out, man. Hope you have a good week.
1: Yeah, dude. You too. Come <laughs> come hang out in Philly. what you know you're you're wel- you're welcome here. Definitely, man. Come come, <laughs> come come crash in my I got a guest bedroom over here. Come 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 chill. Sounds good to me. All right. All right. See you, man.